Welcome to Eagle Nation. Don't forget to join us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter so you never miss an episode. Well, there's many cliches in footy and one is you need to play four quarters of footy to win a game of footy. And on the weekend, we saw two of the worst quarters of footy by the Eagles and one of the best. So the gap between the best and the worst is a massive gap. So we've got to work out how we bridge that. But before we get into that, I'm going to say hello and welcome my co-host, Dan. How you going, mate? Not bad, mate. Good to be here. Um, before we get into the Eagles game... Um, just want to send our condolences out to the Rioli family. Willie Rioli Sr. passed away. So Willie Jr. won't be playing this week. So if, if you haven't heard that, that's what's happening. So he's been given uh, personal leave to go home for the funeral. So a bit sad there for Willie. Yeah, very. It's heartbreaking. Um, and as you said, touched on very nicely. Our thoughts go out to him. Yeah. Um, if you've been living under a rock, um, the Roos have sacked David Noble. Uh, we all saw it coming, didn't we, Dan? Um, I think you even said it something like that last week. Uh, yeah, the message is, you know, it was written on the wall, but there's just far more problems than just the coach at North Melbourne. Yep. Um, I think we went back, was it, did we go back to 2015? They've had top 10 picks since 2015. And I haven't seen anyone. George um, Francis is like this last year's number one pick. You know, you think he will have upside, but he hasn't burst on the scene like a, a Dacos or last year, um, Jai Newcomb for Hawks was last year, a mid-season draft. So he will be a great player, but all the others, no, you haven't seen it consistent level. And it's like, where are all these first-round picks they've got? Yeah, well, Will Phillips been can't get on the park. I think he's finally getting on there now. Um, uh, SEN have gone through the list and worked out there's about probably seven players that are you know, the president said we got a great list, and that's just an outright lie. Yeah. You, when you're saying that to your members, when everyone knows you haven't got a good list. Um, yeah, look, it's a, it was going to happen. I think it was just a matter of when, um, and they've done the gauntlet. They should have done it the week before when they got beaten by 112 points, not uh, getting beaten by a couple of goals, you know what I mean? I think the messaging there was wrong, but, you know, why do it before the Miller review's over? Yeah, I think uh, the fact maybe the demand for maybe a Clarkson or something was heating up with GWS, so they thought, um, let's get in so they know that there's 100% this job is available. Uh, and, yeah, get in early, uh, gather interest from other uh, coaches and people going there. But I sit there and think, like, who would want – you'd have to have a five-year contract. You wouldn't accept anything else because yeah, it'll take that long to go up there. Um it's not uh, just a coach. It's it's the um, they need list managers, and apparently they got the guy from yeah. ex Bulldogs, and now at Sydney, he's looking at it. They're looking at S- Stephen Silvani yeah. coming across. Um, they're just names getting thrown around. So we're talking about coaches, and you know the, the Adam Simpson thing won't go away. The media just keep harping it that he's a contender. He's come out and said he hasn't. He's not going to be. Um, some of the players have said he's not going to be. But I just want to run a few things by you, Dan. So the Roos in the f- past 39 games have won five games of football. So wins and loss ratio, the coach is going to go. D- Giants, 11 wins tw- out of the last 28 games. They've got rid of their coach. Collingwood, before they've gone on this season, they won six out of 23. Adelaide have won seven of their last 28. 
and the Eagles have lost, uh, won four of the last 28. Uh, is Simo going under the radar with not enough pressure being heaped on him? Uh, not really. He's got a contract one, but I've is always... Is that the I'll, only thing that's saving him? Not really, because I always say, like, it's hard to judge a coach on the downfall. We know he can get to finals. We know he can, you know, coach in premiership teams and get to grand finals and the such. Um, and to judge him on the fall, because whatever goes up has to come down, so it was inevitable that would have to come down. It's can he get them back up? That's the question. So to me, the pressure should be on Simpson next year. If we don't see some good youth coming through, if we don't see the development, and if they're not – because they have changed the game plan. We're all aware of that. Like there's been times where we decimated, where we went back to chip and ball, but I don't think that was an instruction from the coach. I think that was just – getting plays on the park, and they're just used to that. We do attack the corridor much, uh, and we do try play on, um, sometimes to our detriment as we learn that. But then next year, right, we've had a pre-season under it, now, then it will be two pre-seasons. Is that new plan working? Um, it Has Hoff developed? Has Bazo developed? Has Cully developed? Has True developed? If O'Neill's still on this, has O'Neill developed? Um, has Chester come in um, to the side and proven his worth? Um, which... You know, I, I believe I'm just asking the question. I believe yeah. he will. Like he's very highly rated. Um, or was that sliding down two picks for that second round pick, which I think was a masterstroke? Now, or was that a mistake because we went down that and got Chester? Should we have kept that and got another player? These are the questions that need to be asked, and that's going to be answered next season. Yep. That's when I think he should be on pressure. Right now, I find it's more venting from supporters that are pushing the and media. Thing. Not, not hugely media. Like, you hear him thrown up for the North job, but that's just because he's an ex-North yep. player. Uh, Nisbet's come out. He's got a contract. They they don't want to lose him to North. And you, presidents and CEOs, they always say, no, his job's secure. But when they're saying, no, he can't go to another place, that's different. That's you trying to keep an yep. asset. Uh, Simo's never uh, said he wanted to leave. The players don't seem like they've lost faith in him. You know, they, they still rate him highly and they say they don't want to lose him. And These kinds of things. Um, and our list is way better than North Melbourne. It, it is, definitely. Um, but the thing I find funny with this year too is, and we've harped on about COVID and injuries and that, the narrative has so drastically changed now that Brisbane Lions oh, had yeah. 10 out on the weekend. Now when you hear the media and the narrative – they say, oh, when those players come back after COVID, they aren't fit. They won't be great, you know, because we learned that from the Eagles. I remember at that time we were told no more excuses. COVID's no longer an excuse. <laughs> now it's happened to Brisbane. They're already giving them that excuse, if you know what I mean, because it, it does have a lingering effect. But when we were affected by this lingering effect, uh, Bunny Ears quotes people, it was like, we were told by the media, no more excuses. That's not yeah. an excuse anymore. And I find it funny that they're already talking about that being an excuse. And even Barrett uh, yesterday on um, AFL Daily was mentioning that, that these players will come back with lots of players come back at once from COVID. Once they're back, they're not. They're almost a shell of the player that they were. And that's what we – and we saw that firsthand. Yep. We got players back, but it took them a month before they were playing good footy. I'm just spewing it happened to Brisbane at the moment because if they stay ahead of free, I'll be happy. So that's another thing. All right, let's get into the game at hand. Um, oh, just quickly, what? one more bit of news. Yes. Do you hear about Buddy Franklin? No. Swans offered him $500,000 contract for next season. And he knocked it back. He knocked it back. He wants 800000 a season. 
and that just came to that. So at loggerheads now, and he's saying if he doesn't get it, he's he will retire or leave for another third club. That's amazing. What a selfish player. Like, I'm sorry, but yeah, like, I thought 500000 a year for a player that will probably only play half the season is and isn't as good as, you know, he has been. He's not the star player. What's the average wage? 350000 Yeah, about that. I think he's an average forward right now. And I know, like, don't get me wrong, he has been one of the greats. But to deem, say, half a mil a year isn't good enough and you want 800000 at his age yeah, and the fact he can't. Look, get on the park every week. I is found that, that staggering. Is it because he's uh, Mrs. is now his manager? Oh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I wonder what um, expertise she has. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, look, um, I, oh, I don't think she's got her accreditation yet, but she's gone for it. So, yeah. um, well, that I, I find that staggering. Like, he's been a great player. Let's, let's not make any uh, bones about it. But yeah, yeah, on one year contract, half a mil. Geez, bloody hell. I'll, I'll play. For five years for half yeah. a mil. <laughs> oh, that's unbelievable. All right. Um, Carlton versus Eagles. Uh, Carlton ran out winners 17-14 to the Eagles, eight goals, five. Um, like we said at the start of the show, we saw two of our worst quarters ever where um, 80 points to zero in those two quarters to one of our best scoring quarters for the year where we scored seven goals, three points. Um, they had 70 inside 50s of 34. Um, it was just overwhelming. Um, so where, where is the gap? Well, why is there a big gap, man? Is it fitness? It, was it the game plan? Was it the midfield? Because to me, I've got a few ideas, but I want it to run by you first. All right, so the game plan being fresh um, and when you don't implement it well, yes, because you watch this this year, not just this game, we get scored from the turnover quite a lot. And that's because we are trying to be quick. We are trying to play on. We are trying to go through the guts. We and had we, less turnovers. Yeah, but we were scored against, weren't yeah. we? A lot more. Yeah. And that's because our turnovers are gone through the corridor and are quite bad. Like, uh, it, it cuts you open. So it takes time to perfect that. But the stark contrast is just what I can't fathom. I can't get my head around. That second quarter was some of the best footy I've seen from the Eagles in a long, long time. And I'm talking about this season. I'm talking about even in 2008, I can't remember a quarter. It was 45 points or something, wasn't it, in the end? It was mind-boggling. Yes. And to kick 45 points in a quarter and play that well... And to me, the disappointing was the opening quarter because the fourth quarter, even though it was terrible, you can justify we burnt out because we that's had to what, get back in the game and so you burn yourself out. They yeah. enough. Um, well, when you're behind the eight ball, you can get burned out. You see that a lot when yeah. you use up all your fuel tickets to fight to get back in the game, then it get you get overrun. That happens a lot. Um, oh, fitness, no. Um, players haven't been able to do proper pre-seasons. I think they're so scared of uh, soft tissue injuries and the like right now because of what's happened this year that they're not training as hard of as they should be. But they can't right now because that's just the reality. That's the position we're in. You can't get a Luke Shuey. You can't get a Petrosalli doing sprints all day running marathons because they've had soft tissue injuries this year. Yo's another one. Um so this preseason, that that's that's different. It's a different ball game. But right now, I'm saying no. I don't think we are fit enough because most of our star players have been injured and carrying injuries, which has hurt their prep. Yeah, look, the clearances, Blues won 30, uh, 46 to thirty two. Uh, center clearances, they kicked eighteen to nine. 
Um, Mark's 113 to 90. Inside 50s. Mark's inside 50, 18 to 6. So we'll talk about that in a second. Tackles were 14 to 6. The only stats that the Eagles won for the day were the hitouts, which was 43 to 24, which Nick Nat dominated. Turnovers we had less and intercept possessions we had more. My thing being at the ground, it looked like the first quarter, the work rate just wasn't there. It, they just weren't prepared to run. It, it was – I was going, wake up. You know, it was – some of the players which were renamed nameless were in first gear, just jogging around. I'm going, pick up – they were trying to guard space. They were getting slaughtered. And then in that second quarter, they just flicked the switch and I said, where's that work rate? You know what I mean? And like you said, they're spending a lot of petrol tickets – getting back into the game. So by the time they got to that last quarter, because the third quarter, let's face it, it was pretty good. It was a pretty even quarter. The third quarter. quarter wasn't bad. It was an arm wrestle. Like, we an lost ar- the quarter, but it was arm wrestle. We didn't let yeah. Carlton run yeah. away with it, and we put up a fight. Like. And then they just ran away with it in the end, um, and that was demoralising. So I don't know. To me, to me, it's work rate. Well, the whole thing is this was one of the hardest games to vote Top three players. I didn't think one player actually stood out. I think a few I players actually had a, did. I, no, I think a few players had good games, but I don't think there were any stars. There was no forty disposal oh, two no, goal no, game. But, I mean, there was there was no full back holding uh, a power four to one two goals. I like, clearly had one player ahead of everyone else, but who Hearn? And that was the guy that everyone wants to retire. Yeah, but I don't think Hearn starred. Like when you you're a backman, we get slaughtered like that. And a lot of his disposals are from kickouts. Like, don't get me wrong, I had him best on ground too. Like, I, I had, uh, I think I ended up falling on, and I'm not comfortable with any of them, but Hearn, Duggo, and Gaff. Yeah, mine were exactly the same. Um, and Gaff only because you look at his heat mat. Um, he might not have had the pace or anything, but his work rate was there because his possessions was all over the grounds, you know, on the wing, back, forwards. So he was getting around the ground. So that sh- that shows effort, and he got the most disposals in a in a game where no one cracked over thirty disposals from the Eagles. I, I, it was just it was very hard mm-hmm. to meet. Um, I said I think players had good games. Not one player had a great game. Uh, Nick Nanui and uh, Wayne actually said this, so shout out to Wayne who's not here tonight. Yeah, it's Wayne that in South Australia. He, uh, Nick Nat had the second game blues kind of thing where you see that a lot in the AFL where a uh, player comes back, his first game back from injury and actually plays well, but then he feels it a lot more the second. So Nick Nat wasn't imposing in. We talked about last week, I was quietly confident about this week, um, mainly because of Nick Nat uh, in the ruck, which didn't really eventuate. And then because of our forwards, but we didn't get the supply in, into our forwards enough no. for them to do damage. And the funny thing was, uh, we did look kind of damaged when we got it in enough. It's just thirty-four inside when you doubled, basically, yep. not good enough. Nah, yeah. Look, you, you talked about Gaff, and he's he's a workhorse. And the one thing I noticed when you're at the ground, he does run a lot, um, but. Some of his disposals of late are just—it's like nothing. Disposals like handballing to somebody under pressure all the time. Um, there was a few times there where he didn't even look forward. He just got the ball and turned around and kicked backwards. And if he looked forward, he would have seen Petrocelli on one flank. There was another uh, situation where Jones was all by himself. Gaff got the ball, turned around, and kicked it back. And I went, "What?" And the crowd went nuts. Because they could see it open and he just didn't look. And that's what I think 
the fans are getting peeved off at. I know one of our mates, Rob, po- uh, Rob the Poet, Ditko, sort of not into him anymore. But I, like I said, he's one of the top guys in our team. That's not saying much for the rest of the team, but is it? Yeah, but that that's my point in a nutshell. There was no one dominant. Yeah. So he got the vote because no one took that vote from him, um, in my opinion. And I've, I thought Jones had a lot more of the ball than he did. Jones, yeah, he did. But Jones, and I said you accept a few turnovers, but he was another one that, like, there were his turnovers, goals were scored from. They were bad ones. They were unforced ones a lot too, where you're just like, why? Um because and I think even Simon might have mentioned when they are trying to go through the corridor and cut in the middle a lot, but they got to learn only take that option when it's on. Uh, and sometimes it would be like two on one, and they'll try to scissor kick in there, and it, they miss it, and then suddenly Blues run into an open goal. Basically, there was um, a there was a turning point, and you just bringing that up just reminded me of it. We were only I think twelve points down. Darling hit into the middle. Yep. And I think it was gone. I can't remember who it was. Went to market, spoiled down the ground, straight into a goal. Yeah, and that 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 turned the game. And then they just ran in on ran in. Um, yeah, like you said, that's a good point. Take the take the risk, but make sure you if you're going to take that risk, you got to pinpoint that pass because a turnover is costing us goals. Uh, well, that's what I was saying earlier when we talked about Simpson. Next year's where we got to see that more perfected. Um, they need to know when to take that risk. I, I want them to keep going. You accept the odd turnover, but there is a number, and I think Jones hit that. Um, and getting back to Gaff and um, turning it over, I'm not used to pl- – if you're under 70% disposal efficiency, I don't think that's good enough. We had so many plays in the 60s and 65%, yep. and most of them were our biggest ball getters for the, the day, and that's where it's really bad, and that's where we really get hurt. It looked like they had an extra person at every stoppage um, and I've been big on it to even it up at the stoppages. Um, the clearances showed you that they dominated the stoppages. Um, something where when we're in games, we're winning the stoppages and if we can win that, we're, we're going to be close enough to win, if not win. Um, on metres gained, the thing I was impressed with Hearn was he had 700 metres gained. I don't know if that's the most he's ever ran in his life. Nah, I'd say he's had more because he's had more of the ball. Um, I think there was a period where um, the pressure was on more, so he wanted to go far. Yeah, He wanted to kick far. He wanted to use his boot, which I don't mind. Better off a 50-50 contest down the line than trying to chip it when there's no options short and then turn it over. So I'm not surprised he got that. And as I said, he, to me, he was the best on ground. I don't think he had a great game. I'll put that as a good game. Um, and to justify that, I don't think Hearn's been really the best player in any game all year, but this game he was, but yeah, he's had better games this year than that week. Um, so again, it just reflects how Dowell performs. Because I agree with the intro. That was the worst quarter of footy that first quarter that I have seen in a long time. Um, the last one was just disheartening watching it because we – you felt like we did all that hard work to get back in that game and it just looked like we were just ran out of petrol and we got ran over in the end. And you felt like, what a waste when we did all that hard work to get back into that game. Um, and you reflect back too, you think, God, if this was 
a month ago, it would have been another hundred point loss. It, yeah. it really would have. It would have been. We, yeah. we we were lucky that we had a few cattle on there. That yeah. even though it was an average game by them, it wasn't just kids thrown to the wolves. You know what I mean? To keep it to that sixty points because it really did look like if we didn't have a couple of these key pillars. Um, then we really would have been another hundred point loss. It was that one sided at times. I, I was very impressed with the two tours in Carlton. They both kicked five goals to three each. In uh, Kerno and uh, Mackay, Mackay, Mackay. He could, if he gets out of kicking that screw kick, he was forty five meters out and he was still trying to do it. No, nah, he he's known for that. He always do. That. He, he's he, he needs to straighten up because I reckon he'll kick a lot more goals. Uh, credit to the guy uh, Carlton. Midfield with Kennedy and Cripps, and they just had everyone running through there. They had Chera uh, probably beat. He had an easier game. He was on True, but True would have learned from that. He didn't get big numbers, but he would have learned. He was inside. They purely played him inside. Um, yeah, like like I said, there was no no big stars there for the Eagles. So they got to put it in the bank. They've got to learn from that. Uh, they got to get fitter. They got to work on their work rate. Um, so. Let's see what happens when we play Hawthorne, which we'll talk about pretty soon. Uh, let's get on to the Waffle Report. It's the Eagle Nation Waffle Wrap. Well, East Perth, uh, seven goals, eight, 50, defeated the Eagles, four goals, three, down at Mineral Resources Park. It was a hard, wet slog. Um, did you watch much of the game, Dan? Uh, yes, I did. I watched the whole thing, bar the first quarter of streaming, which a lot of people realised wasn't um, up, wasn't working, and um, <laughs> what a dour, wet, miserable game it was. Uh, put it this way, was it? That's not one for the time capsules. They no, say. it's not. Definitely not. And I got, I went there. I got soaking wet. Oh, a braver brave man than I am. I didn't think it was going to rain when I left, but uh, stupid me. Um, I sat next to the commentary team and where the cameras was. So I had a very good view. The one thing that impressed me wasn't from an eagle, it was from an ex-eagle, and that was Hamish Brayshaw. He had uh, 35 possessions, nine tackles. I was like, go on, mate, if he had played like this more consistently, you probably would have been playing more AFL games because he was he was a difference in the side. Uh, him and um, I've forgotten the guy's name, uh, Ram, Jackson Ramsey, and he's been on the Collingwood list. status and um, there was a couple of Angus, uh, I've forgotten his name, they just dominated, um, and it was wet weather footy, and that's the only thing that kept the scores low, mate. Well, it almost worked in uh, their favour, though, didn't it? Because you touched on Hamish Brayshaw. It was just the, that was the type of game. It takes the pace out of it. It's, the ball's on the ground. It's a bit more of a contested ball, uh, a bit dour. It was uh, kick to kick, you know, kick to a contest, kick to a contest, and both teams did that because it was just... As I said, it was actually really horrible, and I was really excited to have it back, but it was a real horrible game, and um, they kicked away in the end, but it wasn't done early, so it wasn't, oh, Eagles are losing, this is a horrible game, it was very low scoring, it was just wet, it was just miserable, and the worst part is, you can't watch that and say, oh, this play is going to come in next week, this play is going to come in next week, mm. because no Eagle performed, like... No classy performers is a better word because they tried, you know, their guts stood out, but there was no skill, there was no class because it was just such a wet, dour day. Like. There was 10 AFL-listed players. Uh, Nash had 32 disposals. Uh, O'Neill, in his second game back, he had 25 disposals, eight marks and, I mean, eight tackles and two inside 50s. Those two were the better of the uh, the Eagles-listed players. Uh, Cully 
ran all day. Jamison impressed me. Um, he was got given up way much, a lot more size in height in the ruck to Jones. Um, so he played on the in the ruck most of the game. Uh, Williams pinched hit every now and then. Uh, Williams didn't really see much of it down forward line. Um, yeah, like you said, it was pretty pretty dour. And Langdon, well. He looked rusty as, but that could have been because of the weather as well. Um, he can't kick that far, I can tell you that. <laughs> well, that was the thing I was going to actually mention that because you've said um, that he can't kick 40 metres. You said when he plays in the AFL and has set shot and he had a 40 metre kick during this game and he didn't make the distance. Didn't make the distance. Wet football, so a bit heavier, but I actually thought of you when I saw it. Um, <laughs> the, to me, there was only two highlights from the game and it was two – Marks from O'Neill, where he ran back with the flight of the ball and backed in. He, he, he didn't get drilled or hurt. He took the marks, but it was brave marks because you didn't know if a player was coming. You, he didn't know if he was going to get crunched. Um, and in a wet game to take the marks, that was the two heights. Jamison's numbers were good, but his disposal efficiency, efficiency was very was poor. Yeah. yeah, And there was times where a player was three metres away and no one was really moving. It was very much... Stop go footy kind of thing. So they weren't sprinting into the contest to receive a handball. And he goes to handball to a player three metres away, and the handball goes about a metre, then hits the deck. And it's just like, wow, like <laughs> an AFL list of players shouldn't be handballing. Like, it's like he missed the footy by hand, which you don't see too often. So the skill wasn't there. And I'm very critical on Williams and Jamison nowadays because I, and I don't know if I said this on air, but I've said it off air, I know that much. I was almost convincing myself that these would be... This is um, Bailey Williams, sorry, who played over. Convincing myself that they will be good ruckmen because that's what I knew we needed. But I'm at the stage now where this isn't a first-year player. People have got this thing like, oh, he's developing well, he's a first-year player. He's a third-year player and Jamison is... Uh, no, sorry, Jamison's a third-year player. Williams is now a four-year player. So next year you've got two four- and five-year players and if they're playing like that, it's not good enough. So you go through the comp. There's a lot of players their age that are playing a lot more consistent footy. And I don't buy in they haven't been given the game time because Vardy got a lot of games this year. And if one of those two were knocking the door down at AFL level with Nick Nat not rucking more than about 70%, they would have got a game. We had to ruck Oscar Allen for a lot of the time. We saw Gov a lot of the time, and we saw Vardy get a lot of games. So to me, that's they did not like what they see. They've been given lots of opportunities there. So although Williams uh, got a lot more numbers in this Dower contest, I didn't think he was damaging. Nash... And people were like, why is Nation not getting game? Why is Nation not getting game? Very, very cynical today, I might add, too. I'm sounding very skilled. But his disposal efficiency is so bloody poor. Like, the turn is there. To me, O'Neill had the better game, but got less of it, if that makes yep. sense. Because he I was more totally. da- Yeah, he was more damaging. Yep. Um, I think it's time to almost give Jarkali a, a, a go, just to get him actually in, uh, give him a taste. Uh, I was very much not one to want to rush him in. I wanted him to – and I think they're taking the right pass. I don't think they'll be putting him in yet. I think we, you would be surprised. I think, I think he's going to debut before the end of the year. I reckon. I reckon uh, hands down, I reckon they'll debut him this year. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying they won't. I reckon O'Neill will be the only one that would come in, depending on injuries, from that team. Because, like you said, he had the better game. He had that less disposal, yeah. but he had a better game. And it, he's built his frame up a bit. And let's face it, he's got to give it his best because he might not be on the list. I agree totally with you on Bailey Williams. Um, he, he's a 
forward, become ruckman. So maybe he doesn't want to play ruck. Well, guess what? If you don't, you're not going to be playing forward. And Jamison, they've had him on the list for three years and he started playing him in the ruck in the waffle. Yeah. Last year they didn't even put him in the ruck and that to me is bad list management. Um, but like you said, you look at them and would they be on the list anywhere else? I don't think so. No, and that's the hit the nail on the head there. I think if they were delisted, would someone else be picking them up? Um, yeah, you got to remember Petrosali did his hammy, so he's obviously out. So right away you got one. Oh, Greg, Greg Clark, to me, Rioli's out as well. Yeah. Greg Clark, he needs to not substitute, he needs to be in and he needs to be chucking in. The fact we gave West so much game time and time in the middle, why aren't we doing that with Clark? I um, think he will get his go now. And I think he will too. Uh, Jai Cully was a forward that moved into the midfield. So Petrosali and Rioli are two forwards that they have chucked in the middle. And I, I, I actually like the Rioli and Petrosali in there, get them involved in the game more, um, add a bit more pace in there. Um, so that's why I reckon Jai Cully might come in. Um, exciting time. I just want to see these young kids. This yeah, year's yeah. a wash. I want to see these young well, kids. we got six games left. And he's the last one, isn't he, that hasn't debuted. That That is available. Oh, so... Oh, well, let's get into the next game. It's bounced out. All right, Eagles versus Hawthorne this weekend on Sunday, 11.10pm at the MCG. It's live on KO on Fox, but if you want to watch it on 7, mate, it's delayed at 2pm. So those people that don't have uh, KO Fox, unfortunately, don't look on social media for the scores. Don't look anywhere. Don't listen to the radio if you don't want to know the scores. Hawks are coming off a 32-point win over the Crows. They're five wins, 11 losses, 14th of the ladder. Uh, they've met 54 times, Dan. West Coast 30 to Hawks 24. West Coast biggest margins, 82 points in 91 at Princess Park. And Blues is 91 in round 14, 89 at Princess Park. So that was there for people that are... Young and don't know where Princess Park is. That was Carlton's uh, home ground that they used to play football at. Uh, they play the AFLW at. So now it's called Icon Park. I want to ask you this before we get into the game. Mitchell versus Simo. On social media, on Eagles pages, all I hear is, let's get Mitchell. We should have got Mitchell. Mitchell won us the grand final in 19, I mean 2018. To me, that's absolute bullshit. I've never heard so much bullshit in my life. What do you think? Well, ask the questions of them. Get them to justify it. Because I have. by their fo- yeah, I, I say, put up. But it's ridiculous. Because, what about Jamie Graham? Yeah, but at their, philo- their by their philosophy, yep. Mitch was them winning the premiership this year yep. because he comes in one year and you just win a premiership because he wins it for you. So if they say, "Oh no, no," the list was already there. There. Well, then Simo won it because he built that list. He trained that list. He got the best out of those players. So it's just a, such a flawed thing and uh, just, such an uneducated yeah. comment. And it is uneducated because if they truly believe that, then Hawks are winning a premiership this year. If you can come in and coach a team for one year and win a premiership, well, there you go, people. Yep. And Hawks, lock it, in the, lock it in the bag. Hawks have winning the premiership this year. He's, he's won five games and eleven losses, and he might and Hawthorne might beat the Eagles this week. And but it's going to happen again as soon as if they do, the same people will come out saying, "Oh, we should have got Mitchell." Well, guess what? To win a flag, you need more than one person. You need everyone on the list, from the boot starter all the way to the CEO, to be on the same page. 
and it doesn't take one person. And yes, Mitchell had a great midfield to play with. We kicked 79 goals from our midfield, which is the most anyone's done in a decade. But we had a great forward line as well. They were the best forward line all year. So Jamie Graham, you know, why isn't his name being brought forward? Um, who was their backline coach? Adrian Hickmont. Uh, we had the second best defence for the year. So it's just, like you said, uneducated, stupid comments from people that just don't like Simo. No, it's 100%. It's a, it's, they say it because they don't like Simo, so they don't want to give him the credit. Um, but then you ask yourself too, going even more deep, what player, first-year player, did he develop into a premiership player in the midfield that year? Venables. Venables was already on the list before oh, sorry. Simo came, oh, I and he played it. forward. None. None. No, no. None. So it's like it. he hasn't developed any player. He hasn't recruited sorry, any I'll player. Sorry, I'll put it about Simo then. No, no, oh, no Simo, you know, they're, yeah. most of them for, from Simo's, uh, you know, Sheed and all those. But, yeah, it's like, well, no, it, as you said, it, it's so many cogs in the machine to make something work. And people, um, <laughs> Sam Mitchell, when he come to West Coast, was in a three-year contract, one to play, or maybe two, and two to coach. He only did one and a coach. There's a reason why I left, and it ain't because Clarkson wanted him to go back to Hawthorne. I can tell you right that. And if you go to any footy talk night and there's some Eagles from 2017 and 18, they'll tell you exactly the same reason. So I'm glad Simo's a coach. Simo, you know, I'm glad he's a coach. Um, Mitchell was a great player, don't get me wrong, but as a person, as a character... I'm glad he's not at the Eagles. Yeah, he's known from what be, I've heard. He's, he's known to be a very arrogant person, but sometimes you need that. The superstars of the competition need to be a bit arrogant. But Is as that I confidence? said, as I said, it's just it, I find this whole thing premature. Yep. It's next year's when I reckon, and uh, he needs to be judged next year, Simo. He does, he yep. knows, because that's our rebuilding year. This isn't our rebuilding year. No. The rebuild starts this year. But the rebuild is officially next year when we you bring in these first-round picks and you've got to develop them and train them and get them playing your style of footy. That's when you've got to judge him. That's when Chris uh, Noble was judged this year, you know, because he had the picks and they terminated his contract, which we spoke about at the beginning of the contract, because they saw no development. It's not like your first year here, Noble, we're down the bottom, you're fired. Because it's like, no, you've got to see progression. You've got to see him move. So that's next year. That's where he should be, you know, walking on coals almost. Well, I reckon our listeners probably agree with us. I think they're more educated. And I think they'll be uh, jumping on the that bandwagon this weekend if it happens. Let's talk about the injured players for both teams, um, who's going to be playing, who's not. Um, Hugh Dixon, he's a test. I can't, he'll come back through the waffle. Connor West is a Achilles. He's got a week. Elliot Yo, still two weeks at the hammy. Petrocelli, they said it was hamstring uh, awareness, but he's out for two weeks. So I think it's a bit more than awareness. I think he's torn it. Um, Jeremy McGovern, he finds out tomorrow if he will play this year. Um, quick question before I get on to anything else. Would you put him in cotton wool or do you let him play? Uh, cotton wool. He won't be back for another two weeks, so why would you bring him back for two weeks? We, three we days have missed him year? in the last couple of weeks. Oh, massively, mate. He's Before he was struck down with these injuries, yeah. he was by far our best player. He gives he actually gives me hope of the future with what he's done, where he's come out and had almost a career best year in the limited games he played, where he looked like he'd slowed down, but then he's got his body right, he's got his fitness right. He gives you hope that maybe a gaff can do that next year, Yo can do that for next year, you know, because we've seen it done with yep. Gov. So he brings hope. But 
This year's done. Well, if he had if he had been fit, oh yeah, he was in all Australian form before he got injured. A hundred percent. He was uh, what drawn second or drawn first in the coaches' votes at the beginning of the yeah. year in a team that's getting smashed. So. Um, Sheed's out for the year, so is Joyce, Chessa, Cole, Oscar, Allen, and Luke Edwards. I think Tom Joyce is having another operation, so that's him gone. I can't see him staying on the list, unfortunately, just with that. Um, with his, he's on the uh, rookie contract. Hawthorne, their injuries. Well, they've got Will Day, he's probably one week. Connor Downey's the only test. Sam Frost is one to three weeks. Uh, Jack Gunston, he missed last week because of the death in the family with his father passing away. So condolences there, but he should be back this week. Uh, Wingard, Warple and Bramble won't be playing. Um, and nor will be big Max, Max Lynch. That's ex Collingwood player, isn't it? I'm not too yeah, sure, yeah, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Hawthorne. You know, those guys are missing, but they've got a lot of good players. Mitchell Lewis has probably been the forward of the year for them. He's kicking a lot of goals. Uh, Tom Mitchell, we know what he can do if he gets the ball. Uh, Bruce up forward, he's one of the ageing guys, but it's going to be an interesting battle. Impey, Shields, another guy. Kizitsky, Amira, McAvoy, he's back playing now. And then you've got the younger guys like Hardwick and Newcomb and Dylan Moore's playing really good football. I love watching him play. He's a good player. And I don't even know how you say this guy's name, but CJ. <laughs> CJ will do. Changa, Changoff, Jayef. I, I don't know if I got that right. but I, I like how you tried to pronounce it. <laughs> and Sicily. So it's going to be a good matchup there. Um, where's the game going to be won? Is it going to be the midfield or what? Oh, depending who you ask, we got no chance of winning this because Sam Mitch was coaching. <laughs> but um, I, I, I do always say it's the midfield, but... <sighs> Lately, what I'm seeing is we're losing it because we're trying to attack. And Yo was very good at this. And uh, JJ's very good at this, attacking from the back. So to me, we got to, if we're attacking from the back line, we've got to be clean. So that's actually where I think we're going to win and lose it. If our attack from defence can be clean, I think we will win. If it's not and we turn over, we'll get carved up. Because um, Lewis is very good. I think he kicked five last week. Yep. He's a very good forward. He was a very late pick, but he's just come in and he's he's dominating. He's playing such great footy. Well, um, he was he was picked when they gave off uh, yep. Lewis and Mitchell to West Coast and um, yeah. Melbourne. Then they picked a guy called Mitchell Lewis. How yeah, ironic that, that was the thing. It was a bit of a joke. <laughs> he gets recruited and we thought it was a joke, and then it turns out he's quite the player, isn't it? So it's very funny. He was um, a very late pick too, from memory, I think. Yeah, no, very late pick. Yeah, yeah I think it was the last round or something. So, yeah, look, it's going to be interesting. Uh, MCG, that doesn't hold any worries for us because we got we train on a ground that's got that size. Um, yeah, look, I reckon it's going to be closer than a lot of people think. And I'm actually, if it's a dry day, I think Eagles might sneak home with this one. Oh, mate, after the weekend, because I said I was quietly, well, not even quietly, I think I stated that I thought it would beat Carlton. We need to respond after that game. Yeah. We've shown in that game that we can play brilliant footy, but we can't play like that. And I'm one that I accept there's momentum swings. That's what our game is. Um, you get momentum and then it changes. Like four-quarter efforts is what you love to see, but a lot of times it's not there. Not very often a team wins every four-quarter. Like even when but Melbourne's... But you want the effort there You, to you want there. the effort, but even when Melbourne end up beating Lions convincingly, I think Lions won the first quarter. Yep. You know, but... 
they have to come up firing off that. They they cannot be happy with that performance from last from the weekend. Um, we all thought these massive losses. We knew where we're at. We knew we weren't going to win many games and where we're at. But we thought the big losses. And I know it wasn't a hundred point loss, but it still felt like a big loss. We thought those were done. Yep. They got to go over there and they got to show heart, real heart, show some pride. I got a question for you. Will JK play? Will he make the plane trip? Willie Rioli's already out. Chat. Jack Petricelli's already out. So, you know, he kicked 700 goals on in the last game for the club. He's got 711 now. So, will he make the plane trip over? Yeah, I believe he'll play this week. I do. He's uh, He was probably one of the highlights um, for me in the game last week. He didn't get much of the ball, but it just shows you that how classy that guy is. And you don't see it on the TV, but he got a bit emotional after he kicked that 700. Yeah, it was and, a great um, moment. It was a great moment for the crowd and the Carlton boys, they all acknowledged it was brilliant. So um, anything you got to put in before we finish up the show there, Dan? Uh, yeah, slight tinfoil hat moment, I believe. So it's been a while, so we'll chuck one in. I want to speak about the score reviews. I do believe that players are flicking their hands back. They know, And they joke about it. They call it the jazz fingers now, jazz hands. Jazz hands. And... Um, there was no remonstrating. You, you spoke about it off air that Weedering didn't demonstrate that he maybe not touched it and cost him. But the whole thing is that they're all talking about scores being down, scores being down, scores being down. That's all you hear about the AFL. They want to increase scoring. I think scoring's down low because of the score review. They're getting these finicky, tiny little touches, and they're calling goals, but then they're overturning it. I've, and Duffield's very strong Let's get rid of it And at first I didn't agree And I'm agreeing I'm actually over The score review I think I don't care If 50 metres out A player's got a fingernail On the yeah, footy Yeah that's bullshit when that And happens. it goes there Because It doesn't alter the kick If the ball deviated And they've got a hand to it That's different yeah. But these Slow replays And Players are learning to flick their fingers back because all they're doing is looking for a, a finger Because it's that blurry You can't actually see the touch on the yeah. ball you, They're just looking for a finger flick and it's slowing the game down. And umpires, they're not making decisions now. Like, this once that there's a foot between the goalposts and that, because the umpire's on the other side, he's saying, oh, I believe it's a goal. Can we just check it hasn't grazed the post? And then we wait 60 seconds, two minutes. And there's a foot between it, and it's all clear goal. And the momentum The ball goes. doesn't deviate. Yeah, but it's just, to me, it's frustrating. Yeah. And I'm all for actually counting it now. And I think scores are lower because scores are getting overturned. Um, so, yeah, that's my tin hat for a moment. I believe scores are low because you're taking scores away. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree 100%. Some of the – when you're at the ground, you're sitting there and you're going – live, what on TV I don't see effect as much, but live, you're sitting there going, what's going on here? Because you don't hear it, you know, until they do the decision. And you're going, how come they've gone back to the – and because you're not – if you're yeah. – it depends where you're sitting – Oh, what's going on here? So you're looking at the big screen and you're, what the hell? And it's in, sometimes you can see it straight away, it's a goal, yeah. but they go back and forth and I go, yeah. how can you not see that in the first go? It takes a bit of the enjoyment out of the game as well, let's be honest, because yeah, yeah. everyone was up and about. And to me it doesn't, JK, it doesn't but it doesn't matter, was it? JK, because he's, that it was his 700 Yeah, goal. but it doesn't favour any team. No. Because we both play by the same rules. You get rid of it. They're not going to see these tiny little finger grazing the footy with these slight bend back. The AFL has never had that before. 
That has never been no. an issue. If the ball deviates or they can clearly see it, it's touched, they call touched. And there's still mistakes made with the goal. I remember a famous one, and I think I brought it up on the podcast, when Chris Maston, uh, they kicked the goal and they overturned it, saying it was touched. But then you looked at the whole vision, it was touched onto his boot. No. <laughs> but they were just quickly just yeah. looking at that one, two frames. Like, it's touched. But you can see the ball comes off the boot last. But because they're just looking at the fingers on the ball, it was before the kick (laughs) and it was overturned. So there's still those mistakes. So it's still not perfect. I'm just, I'm with Mark Duffwoods again. I'm and. He's converted me. I'm, I'm over it. I want it removed now. Yeah, I don't really agree with that too much. But And the, the, the one in question, that JK kicking his 700th goal, the crowd went up. He went up. All the crowd, everyone went up. Oh, score review. Yeah. And that was just a, that was just a, a moment killer. Yeah. And, you know, and like, that's what I'm saying. It's taking all the fun out of footy. Um, yeah, good tinfoil hat there, Dan. Um, that's it for this this week's show. Next week we'll be coming either the Tuesday or the Thursday next week. Um, so just look out on our social pages. If you're not on our social pages, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we're not on TikTok yet because no one wants to do any dancing on there. I'm trying to, trying to convince one of the boys to do it. Uh, <laughs> um Download the podcast from wherever you can get on. There's a million of them. Um, but we put it out on SoundCloud first, so you can hear it first on SoundCloud. Um, but until next week, go Eagles, hey? Go Eagles. Thanks for joining us, Dan. See you next week. Yeah.